Hello, this is Brent, and I'm the dad. Hi, this is Lily, and I'm the daughter. And this is the Father-Daughter Pottercast, where we are reading the Harry Potter series for the first time together. Six feet. Okay, we're good. Let's start the episode. Hello and welcome to the Father Daughter Pottercast. From our self-quarantine location, I am Brent, the father, joined, as always, from a socially acceptable distance by Lily, the daughter. Lily, what is up? Not much. Just staying at home. That's it? Just staying at home? Well, I mean, we can't go anywhere. Oh, it's true. So, uh, what have you been doing since uh, we have no school? People are working from home. Uh, what? How have you been spending your time the last uh, 10 days or so since all this started? Um, well, there's this app that I use where I can do like online lessons for math and reading. So I've been doing that. And my teacher set up this like app where I can create a video and talk to my friends on the app. So you I've have been friends? doing Yes, I have friends. Oh, okay. You're right. You have friends. Lots <laughs> of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, two minute account. Uh what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, I've been making some of those videos. Playing outside a lot. That's what I've been up to. Okay. Uh, not much has changed for me because I work from home anyway. Uh, except um, there are now four additional people in the house while I'm trying to work. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, we are trying to flatten the curve. Not see people we don't need to see. Uh, hoping and and praying that this uh, virus, um, you know, stops its spread. The people we know and love and care for stay well. Um, and I guess uh, I guess that's about it. Um, anything else you want to add before we get into episode six, Lily? Um. Just remember to social distance and frequently, frequently wash your hands. So. Yes, thank you. So, Lily, episode six of our podcast, we are talking about chapter 11, Quidditch, and chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. How do you say the word E-R-I-S-E-D? I say arised, but... I mean, is arise even a word? Because I well, feel like arise is a word. A R I S E. Well, I guess that is arised because if 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 arised was a word, it would probably be a, and then the next two yeah. letters. Like it probably won't start with an e. Hmm. We'll talk about it. Uh, all right. So summaries today are brought to you by, well. Not, not like a sponsor, but Lily typed them uh, on her own. So I'm going to read chapter 11, and Lily will give us chapter 12. So chapter 11, Quidditch. Even though Harry, 
playing Quidditch was a secret. The word had leaked out somehow. Harry didn't know how he could do all of his homework with extra Quidditch practice. And he was glad that now Hermione was a friend because she lent him Quidditch through the ages, which taught him that the most serious accidents happen to seekers. Hermione has also become more relaxed with breaking the rules now that she and Harry and Ron uh, were friends. The day before the first Quidditch match of the season, the three were out in the freezing courtyard, and Hermione had conjured up a bright blue fire that could be carried in a jar. Suddenly, Professor Snape came and crossed the yard, uh, limping. Harry, Ron, and Hermione blocked the fire from view, but their guilty faces caught his eye. He saw the book in Harry's hands and took and told him he wasn't supposed to take library books outside of the school and took the book away from Harry. Oh, no. That evening, Harry set out to ask Snape if he could have his book back. He found Professor Snape in the staff room bandaging his leg. Harry tried to sneak out, but Snape saw him and told him to leave. Later back in the common room, Harry told Ron and Hermione what he had seen. Ron guessed he had been trying, uh, Ron guessed Snape had been trying to get past the three-headed dog and that he was the one to allow the troll into the school. The following morning, the great hall was filled with delicious food to eat, but Harry didn't feel like eating. He soon found himself with the rest of the Quidditch team putting on their robes. The game starts, and later Harry's broom goes out of control. Hermione believes that Snape is the one who has jinxed Harry's broom. She runs over to Professor Snape and sets his cape on fire with a spell. Harry is almost thrown off his broom, but regains control and accidentally catches the snitch in his mouth. The crowd crowd erupts with applause and Gryffindor wins the match. The three friends head over to Hagrid's house and he slips a secret. The three-headed dog name Fluffy and the name Nicholas Flamel. Lily, chapter 12. Okay. Chapter 12 is called The Mirror of Erised. However you want to say it. It's your podcast. We're just living in it. (laughs) The Christmas holidays are near and the corridors are beginning to get icy while lessons in the dungeons with Snape are the coldest. There will be some students staying at Hogwarts for the holidays, and Harry is one of them. Malfoy starts picking on those who will be staying, especially Harry. Lucky, luckily, Ron is staying as well. They run into Hagrid, and he shows them the Great Hall. Hermione meets up with them and reminds Harry and Ron they should be in the library. Hagrid asks why. Harry tells him they are trying to figure out who Nicholas Flamel is. They wait and see if Hagrid will tell them a little more, but he says, I'm not saying nothing. Harry, Ron, and Hermione look through books with recent magical discoveries, but he wasn't in there. Harry sneaks into the restricted restricted section of the library where he could find books with powerful dark magic, but he had to have a teacher's note, and, at for- and unfortunately, he didn't have one. The librarian caught him and told him to leave. Later, Ron and Hermione came out. Before they knew it, the holidays had started. With with Hermione gone, Ron and Harry had time to themselves. 
They sat in the good armchairs and roasted whatever they could in the fire while plotting ways to get Malfoy expelled, even if they didn't work. Using Seamus... Seamus. Seamus. Oh, I thought it was Seamus. Seamus. Seamus's chess pieces, Ron taught Harry how to play wizard chess. Finally, it was Christmas Day and Harry awoke to a pile of presents on his bed. He opened the first present to find it was from Hagrid. It was a flute. The following presents were a 50 pence piece, a sweater from Ron's mother, a box of chocolate frog, frogs, and a funny-looking cloak. Ron recognized it as an, invis- as an invisibility cloak. The package didn't say who it was from. All it said was that it was, it was once his father's. The rest of the day was filled with laughter and joy, but Harry didn't know the most exciting part hadn't come yet. That night, Harry decided to use the cloak. He snuck into the library, headed for the restricted section. He pulled out a book and it screamed. Harry ran for it. Later, he overheard Filch and Snape talking. Filch had found out somehow that someone had been in the library. Harry had to run for it again. He ran for a long time and then realized he was like five miles from where he had heard Snape and Filch. He walked into a deserted old classroom. Harry peeked around a bit and found the mirror. Harry walked in front of it and showed his fa- and it showed his family. His mother had the same eyes as him, and another guy had the same wobbly knees. The next night, Harry decided to take Ron with him. He took it took them a while to find the classroom, but soon Ron was standing in front of the mirror, and he was older and had a prefect badge on. Also, he was holding the Quidditch cup, and he was the Quidditch captain. The third night, Harry got there very quickly, but found Dumbledore sitting there. He suggested that Harry go back to bed, but Harry asked him asked Dumbledore one more question. What do you see when you stand in front of the mirror? He replied that he saw himself with a lot of socks. Thank you, Lily. You're welcome. For summarizing those chapters for us. So, the first time I read these couple of chapters... Other than the mirror, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of information that we learned. When I reread them, though, for the podcast, I feel like these are actually pretty important chapters. They are. So, what? Uh, how did you feel about? We'll take them one at a time. Chapter eleven, Quidditch. Like um, it? Disliked it? I liked it. I mean, Quidditch isn't exactly. The muggle game of soccer, but I do like soccer, so I'm assuming that I would like Quidditch. So, you know, in the Quidditch scenes, uh, because again, Harry, uh, Harry, Lily and I have not seen these movies yet, Um, and and that's that's a rule uh, that uh, we're going to try to finish, you know, a podcast of the book, and then we'll watch the movie. Yeah. And then we'll do an episode uh, about the movie on the podcast. So I haven't seen Quidditch played, but yeah, in my head, I just picture it. Uh, it looks like soccer, but in the air. I really, a lot I know more it's, balls. Yeah, I know it's different, but just in my head, that's yeah. what helps me um, know what's going on. But, um, so chapter 11, I, I feel like we, we learn a lot about Harry, or more about Harry. We learn some more about Hermione. And we learned something about Snape. You know, with Quidditch, Lily, I feel like Harry finally has found something he's good at. 
Yeah. You know, there's a reason that that first years don't generally play on the Quidditch teams, but Harry is a natural riding his broom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, you know, assigned to be the most uh, important position on the team, again, as a first year, uh, with essentially a muggle background. I know he's not a muggle, but essentially a muggle background. He doesn't know anything about, he doesn't know anything about Quidditch. Um, and we talked last week about Hermione's struggle with confidence and self-doubt. Do you feel like Harry? You don't remember that? No, I was oh, you're, just saying you're, Oh, you're agreeing yeah. with me. But you're questioning <laughs> your father. Uh, so we talked about Hermione's struggle with that last week. Do you feel like, Lily, Harry has a similar struggle? Do you think he struggles too with with confidence issues or self-doubt or what do you think? I think he probably does. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that Harry thinks he's like the only muggle in the, the only first year muggle and he doesn't know anything. Well, I mean, he, know, he knows some things now because he's been in school for a while. Not for a while, but for a little while. But like... Before he came to the school, he didn't really know anything. Like, I think he's, I think he feels like he's the only muggle that's a first year. I mean, I just don't really think he, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, th- I think he feels like he's the only muggle in the whole first year group, and he probably knows that there's other people who come from Muggle backgrounds that still know more than he does. Yeah. Is it something, though, you know, now that, that Harry, you know, we saw a couple chapters back um, with uh, with kind of the fight that Draco and Harry got in with the brooms. You know, Harry chasing down. Was that last week? Was that last week's episode we talked about that with Ryan? Um, um, yes. Or he steals, uh, Malfoy steals um, the remem- remember all, remember all or whatever. Uh, and Harry chases him and that's when they realize that he's so talented, has so much talent on the broom. Maybe that was before. I don't remember. I think, yeah, that, I th- I'm pretty sure that was last week. But, you know, as I said, Harry, uh, you know, coming into Hogwarts was, was intimidated. He didn't know... You know, he had just found out a couple of months before that wizards existed. You know, much less there was a school that he'd be attending. You know, even somebody like Hermione, you know, had, even though she comes from a muggle family, you know, she at least had the support of her parents where they, you know, she was able to get all the books ahead of time, study and read yeah. and learn. Harry had none of that. He had the little bit of knowledge he got from Hagrid. But now he's found this thing in Quidditch that he's he's good at. And I feel like he's he's really leaning into that. And, uh, you know, as we see in as Chapter 11 goes on, you know, when his broom is jinxed, you know, people yeah. are shocked that he stays on the broom. You, can't, uh, you nodded again. Yes. <laughs> um 
so do you like I said do you feel do you feel like do you feel like do you think Harry has confidence in himself or do you think he doubts himself And when I read this, I don't really feel that he has a lot of confidence in himself. Yeah. How so? I mean, like I said, he kind of feels like he's just, he knows that there's other muggles who know a lot about, like, the magic and, like, and stuff and who know who know a lot about Hogwarts and I think he feels that he's the only one that comes to that has come to Hogwarts that doesn't know anything like I said a couple minutes ago yeah I could I don't think he believes that he's not the only one and that he can he he hasn't even finished his first year at Hogwarts Right. I mean, there's seven years to go. He he's still got a lot of learning to do. It's okay if he messes up. Sure. So, you know, I, I guess my answer to that question is it, it sort of depends on the situation. You know, there there are times where where I think Harry. Yeah. I, I don't think Harry struggles with self doubt the way. Hermione does. No. I think Hermione feels the constant need to, at least up to this point, to prove herself. Um, right. Harry, though, I think Harry's a pretty... Now that... In the context of Hogwarts, when he's with the people where he belongs, when he's in the, in the wizard world, I think Harry is a pretty confident kid. I think he's still learning who he is, and yeah. again, again, we see that in chapter twelve with the mirror when he sees he sees his family. But I think that that overall, you know, my impression of Harry is is he's he has quiet confidence. Do you know what I mean by that when I say quiet confidence? Like he doesn't really show it, but he has it. Yeah, right. Like like Malfoy, for example, is. Very brash and arrogant, yes. and um, you know, whatever. Harry is not brash and in your face and whatever like Malfoy is, but he he can be quite sure of himself, just not in a in an off putting way. Yeah, you can describe that way better than I can. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Am I way? Am I coming from way out and yeah, somewhere? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I guess I didn't really think about when he's with Hermione and Ron. Like, he's the one who went to the restricted section. He's Wait, he's one. he's a natural leader. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about Hermione. What's different about Hermione in this chapter? What do we see that up to this point, except for the very end of the last chapter, what do we see that's different about Hermione? Mm. 
She's more like relaxed with breaking the rules. Like we saw her try to like get capes not cape, Snape. Snape's Snape cape on fire. Like, he, she tried to catch it on fire. Like, if Ron and Harry had not saved her from the troll, she probably wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. I mean, she, she might have thought about it, but she probably wouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. So she's more comfortable with breaking the rules since she knows that she has friends that will do it with her. And... Like, she's not alone when she does it, and it's only her that's getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she definitely now, after the troll incident, she feels, definitely feels a very strong connection to Harry and Ron. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she, she, yeah, I, de- I think you're right. I don't think the Hermione from chapters 10 and earlier would have snuck down the Quidditch stadium and s- to sneak up on Snape to set his cape on fire. No. Right? No. Definitely not. Yeah. That would have been Ron's job or somebody else's. Yeah. And then Ron would have messed it up because he's not a very good wizard. At least not yet. Yeah. Um, but do you see... In what ways do you see... Hermione and Ron and Harry kind of rubbing off on each other to where they're so like like you have friends and you know when you spend time with people you start to pick up kind of on each other's personality traits yeah and you you like you may find yourself saying you know kind of the same things that your friend says I'm doing or, the same things. Yeah, or doing the same things. And you almost don't even think about it. Yeah. Right? Just because you've been around them and you see them and you see them do those things or hear them say those things so much. So what what ways do you see Hermione and Harry and Ron changing to be more like each other? You mentioned one a second ago with Hermione. Yeah. And the rules. Um, Do you see anything else in their relationship starting to change yet? It, I see it mostly with Hermione. Because Hermione, like, she used to, like, always back up the teachers. Like, if Ron Harry was saying, oh, Snape is so mean, Hermione might jump in the conversation and be like, no, he's not mean, he's just tired or something. But now she kind of, like, again, when she almost, when she wanted to catch Snape on fire, his clothes on fire, like, she wasn't backing him up at all. Yeah. So I feel like now if Ron and Harry say something about a teacher, Hermione will be like, yeah, yeah, they are. She's not like, no, that's not true because they are so-and-so. You know, earlier in chapter uh, 11, um, after Snape, you know, takes uh, takes that book away from Harry, from Harry, you know, the, the three of them are in the, 
the common room and it says Hermione was checking Harry and Ron's charms homework for them. She would never let them copy. How and then quote, how will you learn? But by asking her to read it through, they got the right answers anyway. So I think even there, Hermione's smart enough. She probably knows that that she's still giving them the answer. She's still they're still figuring out a way yeah. to get the answer from her. But she, now she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. I think she's just. I think she's she's a little more uh, casual in. You know, more, maybe relax is a better word. Relaxed in the way that she does some things because they've developed now this bond over over the troll. Anything else you want to add there before we move on to Professor Snape? Um, I mean, this might just be because Harry's interested in Quidditch, but. He read the Quidditch book. I mean, we haven't really seen Harry reading anything else. That's true. That's a good Other point. than all the books um, that he got for the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. That is definitely a way that, that maybe Hermione is rubbing off on Harry. Uh, so let's talk about Professor Snape for a minute. The big question, is Snape the bad guy? Are you asking me to answer that? Well, yeah, it appears that he is after these two chapters, right? Yeah. And we see him, uh, he's kind of a jerk. He picks on the students that he doesn't like, right? Mm-hmm. Always taking points from Gryffindor, from Harry and Ron specifically. Yes. Uh, it seems like he jinxes Harry's broom. Uh, and we find out in 11 that it looks like He's the one that may have been trying to steal whatever Dumbledore is is trying to keep safe at Hogwarts, right? Because we see, uh, again, where Harry is is going back to ask for his Quidditch Through the Ages book back from Snape. And he kind of stumbles in to, um, uh, to the staff room and he sees Filch uh, bandaging up one of Snape's legs. And then Snape says this, Blasted thing, Snape was saying, How are you supposed to keep your eyes on all three heads at once? So, so that's maybe what? Clues. Yeah, so what injured Snape? Probably the three headed dog that was guarding that big cage or whatever. Could be. But I feel like Hagrid may know something about Snape that kind of makes him mean and I don't know well that's a good I think that's a good point you bring up because it seems like and I don't know if it's happened before now but the couple of times here in these chapters where um, Harry and Ron and Hermione bring Professor Snape up to Hagrid Hagrid defends Professor Snape yeah right yeah like and it doesn't seem like you know it doesn't seem like some of the other professors or, or people particularly from Slytherin have a whole lot of respect for Hagrid um, but he he doesn't 
Hagrid, that is, usually doesn't have a problem sticking up for Professor Snape. Yeah. So does that tell us anything? They may have some kind of connection or something. I'm reading the paragraph where this happens. Do you have it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want, where is it? It's on the very... You want to read part of that? Let's see, where does it... Just start right there. Uh, he Hagrid says, well, I'm telling you, you're wrong, said Hagrid hotly. I don't know why Harry's broom acted like that, but Snape wouldn't try and kill a student. Now, listen to me, all three of you. You're meddling in things that don't concern you. It's dangerous. You forget that dog and you forget what it's guarding. That's between Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. And then, yeah, thank you for that. And then earlier, too, um, again, that's earlier in that that conversation, um, Hagrid says, no, don't ask me anymore, said Hagrid gruffly. That's top secret, that is. But Snape's trying to steal it. Rubbish, said Hagrid again. Snape's a Hogwarts teacher. He'd do nothing of the sort. So two times in one conversation, he sticks up for Professor Snape. So mm-hmm. do you do you think Hagrid... I feel like Hagrid, you know, I think it would take a lot for Hagrid to stick up for somebody. So what does it say to you, or or does it say anything to you that twice in one conversation, Hagrid tells the kids, no, that's not something Professor Snape will do. Like, what does it mean to me? What does it make me think? Yeah, I mean, do, do, you th- do you think there's something to that? Do you think that Hagrid's wrong, that that is something Professor Snape would do? Because re- reading the book, it seems like that's something Professor Snape would do, right? Yeah. So why would Hagrid defend him? I mean, I think Hagrid, when he was a kid, went to school at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And, ha- no, I meant to say Snape. But yeah, Hagrid also went to school at Hogwarts until he was expelled and then Hagrid was gamekeeper and so Snape and Hagrid have kind of been together yeah like almost their whole life so Hagrid may know of something that had happened to Snape that made him act this way like who knows if Snape had been expelled somehow too or something and yeah. that had made him mad and angry and I think, I, I think you're right. I think Hagrid probably. I mean, Hagrid definitely knows more about Professor Snape, the person, than than the kids do, definitely. Uh, and and I think it would. I think the kids would do well to at least listen to Hagrid and listen to his concerns and take that into account when they deal with Professor Snape. But, again, at the same time, Professor Snape is a big, fat jerk. Right? Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree with agree. the fact he's a jerk? From what we've seen, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he's mean. He's mean to Harry. He's mean to Ron. He's especially mean to... Um, uh, Neville. Yeah, to Neville. He definitely does not like Neville. Mm-mm. Is it Neville? Yeah. Yeah. Never long bottom. That's right. That's Uncle Ryan's favorite character. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I don't know. It, it's interesting to see. Um, I almost feel like at this point, J.K. Rowling is setting is trying to set us up for something. Something big. Probably. But, uh, we will find out if we're right or not. Uh, chapter 12, The Mirror. An interesting chapter. We learn a lot about Harry and Ron uh, still in even in this chapter. So, you know, in your summary of the chapter, in your summary of the chapter, um, it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. which I think Hogwarts would be a pretty cool place to see at Christmas. Yeah. Um, Draco continues to Draco. Right, uh, with Harry and Ron, he's still kind of a jerk. Uh, but Harry gets an interesting gift for Christmas. He gets an invisibility cloak. Right. Yes. That apparently used to belong to his dad. So what do we know? Anything else? Ron actually recognizes at first that it's it's an invisibility cloak. Harry doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Ron realizes. Uh, that it's an, 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 an invisibility cloak with a note. We don't know from whom. Uh, we don't know who, whom, whichever, gave Harry the cloak. No. So, my question to you is, if you had an invisibility cloak, what would you do with it? I would probably use it to sneak outside in like the middle of the night and play play outside <laughs> or um uh I would definitely use it to play hide and seek with or scare one of my siblings um or your nana yeah <laughs> um I would probably use it like if I knew that one of my friends was going to like Mexico or some some somewhere over the summer, mm-hmm. I would probably use it to get in their car and go to Mexico with them. Mm, interesting. So now I know things to check for if we ever find an invisibility cloak at our house. See if you're out late at night, or see if you're in Mexico randomly <laughs> with random people that I don't know. Um. So, with this, with the cloak, um, Harry pretty quickly decides he's going to put it on and and sneak out, just like you said you would do, sneak out of my house um, and leave your parents, me and your mother, wondering where you are and worried and nervous. What? Your house? Yeah. Or our house? It's it's my house. You just, I I allow you to live in it. That's right. Okay. Um, what bills do you pay? <laughs> None. In my house. Okay. But so, what? I buy things with my own money. That's not true. What? I'm sitting right here with Birkenstocks on that I bought with my okay. own money. But what did that... I can't wear your Birkenstocks. Okay. You know, you're getting us off track, Lily. Come on. So, 
like I said, Harry does the same thing you would do and immediately sneak out, not immediately, but that same night, sneak out with the cloak on. Uh, he goes to the library, uh, has a screaming book, and then he finds himself with the mirror of what I say, how I say, Era said. I don't know if that's right or not. I think that's how you probably say it. And what does he see for the first, what does he see in the mirror? His family. So what, is he excited to see his family? Um... Yeah. I mean, I think he would kind of be surprised. Like if I just stood in front of a mirror and saw my great, 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 great grandmother and grandfather, I would be very surprised. Or like with Ron, if I walked up and... I had a prefect badge on, and I had the Quidditch cup, and I was the Quidditch captain. Yeah. I would be very surprised, and I would wonder what was going on. So, the the mirror's name is interesting. The word said is what? Tell us. Desire backwards. That's right. <laughs> and then, I remember there's an inscription carved around the top of the mirror. Again, when we're, when read backwards, says, I show not your face. Wait, I show, I show not, yeah, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. So, what so here's not saying he does he, he sees himself in the mirror I mean but then his family shows up around him so what what is he what does that what does that tell us he's actually seeing his heart's desire is to, to like, do what to see his family yeah to he, see and know his family right he doesn't really know a lot about them he just knows that they're dead and that they were killed by Voldemort I mean up to this point he doesn't really know anything about his family Mm-mm. right. Mm-hmm. I think he knows their names. He knows they were killed. And he knows he survived. And not a whole lot else. So I think to see them there, and I like the way uh, that Rowling puts it. Well, at first he doesn't realize they're his family. He just sees all these people, and he's kind of ta- he's he kind of taken aback. He looks behind him and doesn't see anybody. Sees them in the mirror. Looks behind him doesn't see anybody. Sees them in the mirror. But then he realizes. Uh, they look that, the same. Yeah, that uh, that he sees a woman who has eyes just like his, the same shape, um, somebody that wore glasses, and his hair was very untidy and stuck up in the back just like Harry's did. <laughs> um, and then he realizes that he's looking at his mom and dad. And, um, and, I, and I really like how she... Um, how she puts this. It says, I'll, I'll read uh, just a couple sentences here. Um, the potters smiled and waved at Harry, and he stared hungrily back at them, his hands pressed flat against the glass as though he was hoping to fall right through it and reach them. He had a powerful kind of ache inside him, half joy and half terrible sadness. So what I like about that is 
that description is how it says that Harry is hungrily looking at uh, his parents. Yeah. So, I mean, that, when you're hungry, when you're really not, you know, when you're actually hungry, not when you, you know, like, it's been like an hour since you ate and you come to us and you ask for a snack. But, like, <laughs> where it's been, I mean, you're just famished. It's been, you know, whatever, days since you've had a meal. And you are... I can't imagine that. You are hungry. And you've got to eat something. That's, to me, that's how I read that. Like, that's how Harry is looking at his parents. He sees this thing that he's wanted so bad, so badly. Uh, and he sees it right in front of him. And he, he just desires uh, and longs and wants to be with them so badly. Right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like is... Uh, that sentence, he had a powerful kind of ache inside him, half joy and half terrible sadness. Those are two very different emotions and feelings. Yeah. But he has them both at the same time. <laughs> right? Yeah. So what do you think is going through Harry's mind when he realizes he's looking at his mom and dad? I mean... If I were Harry, I would just be in awe. And before I knew that this was showing my heart's desire, I would probably think that this was the future. Like, I would probably think, oh, in the f- sometime in the future, I'm going to get to see my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be in awe. I would... I don't know... Well, you asked how Harry is feeling. I'm answering how I'm feeling how I would be feeling, but I don't think I would, well, I probably would have terrible sadness that they were dead, but I would probably be happy that I at least had some connection to them. Yeah, definitely. But then the sadness at the same time to, to know that that may be the only way you, you ever see Yeah, you can't see them yeah. in real life. Right. Yeah, definitely. Like how he says he wants to fall through and touch them, but he can't. Right. He can only see them. Yep. So Ron, uh, or Harry rather, brings Ron back the following night. Um, and again, we get this from Ron, what he sees. Ron says, no, I'm alone, but I look, I look different. I look older, and I'm head boy. I'm, I'm wearing the badge like Bill used to, and I'm holding the house cup and the Quidditch cup. I'm Quidditch captain, too. Ron tore his eyes away from this splendid sight to look excitedly at Harry. Do you think this mirror shows the future? So, Ron sees something different in the mirror. He sees himself older, successful. Kind of the the best version of himself, right? Yeah. So. Like a mixture of what all of his brothers were. Yeah, exactly. He He sees... you know, the desire that he's, the, what he sees is his desire to, um, well, I don't know. Let me, let me ask you, do you think, uh, Harry, uh, Ron rather desires all those things individually? Do you think he desires to be better than his brothers? Do you think he desires just to be looked at the same way other people look at his successful brothers 
like with Ron, I feel like it could be different things that he's desiring. What, what do you think? I think that... I think a little bit of both of what the last two things that you said, like he wants to, he wants people to see him as better than his brothers. And he wants, what was the second thing again? It was kind of similar to that. Um, uh, like, like, do you think he wants, I'm trying to remember what I said. Uh, does he want those things individually? Like, do you think he just wants to be head boy, Quidditch captain, Quidditch cup champion? Do you think he wants to be better than his brothers? Or do you think he wants people just to see him in the same way they see his successful brothers? I think he wants people to see him in the same way as people see his brothers. Like, he wants people to see him as smart and... Um, Great at Quidditch, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Ron. Well, so we'll skip ahead some into in chapter twelve. Um, the third visit that Harry makes to the mirror, uh, there's an unexpected guest in the room, which is who? Dumbledore, That's Professor right. Dumbledore. Professor Dumbledore, which it appears that based on what Dumbledore says, that he was actually there the second night. They just didn't see Heron, didn't see him. Uh, but um, let me see. Uh, so Harry and Dumbledore have this conversation um, where. Uh, where Dumbledore tells Harry um, about the mirror. He says, let me explain. The happiest man on earth would be able to use the mirror of Erised like a normal mirror. That is, he would look into it and see himself exactly as he is. Does that help? Harry thought, and then he said slowly, it shows us what we want, whatever we want. Yes and no, said Dumbledore quietly. It shows us nothing more or less than the deepest, most desperate desire of our hearts. You, who have never known your family, see them standing around you. Ronald Wesley, who has always been overshadowed by his brothers, sees himself standing alone, the best of all of them. However, this mirror will give us neither knowledge or truth. Men have wasted away before it, entranced by what they have seen or been driven mad, not knowing if what it shows is real or even possible. So, again, with Harry, I mean, Dumbledore says that um, really his desire of his heart is to know his family. And then Ron's, uh, who's been overshadowed by his brother, sees himself standing alone, the best of all of them. He wants to be the best Wesley. Right? Mm-hmm. I guess, according to what Dumbledore says. <laughs> so another question I have for you is, I know, so Dumbledore does say um, that that uh, the mirror gives us, neither, gives us neither knowledge nor truth, many ways to wait before it, and transfer what they've seen, or been never man, not knowing if what it shows is real or even possible. So my question to you, Lily, do you think either of those outcomes, 
Lily seeing or Lily, Harry seeing his family, or Ron seeing himself as the best Wesley. Do you think either of those will ever come true? Is this foreshadowing? Do you think? I. I remember a couple a couple episodes ago. I told you kind of a rule of thumb in books and movies: if somebody's dead, but you don't, there's no body. There's a good chance they might come back. Yeah. So do you think either of those things will ever come true? They or be true? I think so, because what if Voldemort's hiding his his parents somewhere? Yeah. And what if Ron just? I mean, what we see of Ron right now, like he's not on the Quidditch team. Which, I mean, that's because he's not a second year yet, but he's not on the Quidditch team. He's not the smartest in his class, and he has been breaking a couple of rules, so he may not come to be head boy, but I think throughout these seven books, maybe he can change. Yeah. Because we have seven more years to see Ron right. and Harry and what they can do with all this, with all this knowledge that they will gain. Right. Uh, so Dumbledore says one more thing to hear. Well, not one more thing, but in this kind of passage, he says it does not do well to dwell on dreams and forget to live. So what is he trying? What do you think he's trying to tell Harry there? It does not do do well to dwell on dreams to live and dwell. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? How, how, what would Dumbledore expect Harry to take from that? Or to do with that information? Or anything? Like, if all you're concerned about is dreams, what you see in the mirror, your desire, can that, can that mess you up? Can that make you, uh, I think it can actually work because if Harry was so focused on somehow finding a way to see his parents, he might, like, what if he, if there was, like, some sort of spell he could use, what if he missed up the spell and he could, he could damage something forever, or what if... I don't know, like, what if he misses something and he reads it wrong or whatever when he's trying to figure out the spell. Yeah. What if it doesn't work? Like if he's so caught up on seeing his family he's not really going to focus on the spell and what he's supposed to do what he's supposed right. to have. He could mess he could mess up something forever. So like it's easy it's easy for us I think as people just to to have hopes and dreams and expectations and wants and desires and to be so focused on those things and achieving those things that we forget to be in the moment. Yeah. Right? We may neglect the things that are going on around us now in order to achieve or work to achieve 
that which we desire. And I think that's why Dumbledore Dumbledore says that some people are even driven mad, crazy, by what they see in the mirror. Because maybe they do focus too much on that dream, what they see. Yeah. Right? Anything else that you want to add, talk about, before we sign off? Not really. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have anything. So then that wraps it up. Chapter six. Yep. We're getting close to finishing the book. Yeah. Lily. Finishing this uh, this first um, first book of the podcast. How many more chapters do we have left? We're on chapter twelve. Um there's seventeen chapters, so five. Mm. All right. So we might have to come make a group of three chapters. Uh we'll figure something out. All right, so join us next week uh, as we more than likely talk about Chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel, and 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. That sounds like fun chapters. Could be. Uh, So uh, everybody stay safe, be well, wash your hands, social distance, flatten the curve, hashtag flatten the curve. Uh, Don't visit people who have been exposed. Yeah. (laughs) And look, look, this is so before we kind of sign off here, this is a good time um, and an opportunity where we can we can serve and love each other well. So, you know, if if we know, you know, people that maybe are older and don't want to get out because we know how this virus is affecting, you know, older people, if if somebody mm-hmm. is you know, already has some kind of immunodeficiency or is compromised in some way, you know, find a way to serve those people. Buy them some groceries and leave them on the doorstep or just give them a call and check on them. I mean, this is a time that um, uh, that that we get to be... This is a time where we need to realize that, that you know, this virus is affecting everybody whether we get sick from it or not um, you know Lily and I are are, uh, are believers we're followers of Jesus and and we you know the thing that Jesus calls us to is to love others and to love each other well so you know I encourage you Again, to, to find ways to, to serve, to love, to be examples. Um, you know, again, as, as believers, you know, we believe that, that God has set the people that are in charge there for a reason. And if they're telling us to do one thing, even if we may disagree with it, we need to be the ones to go along to do, you know, to, um, you know, to social distance, to stay in our houses, to not get out unless we have to get out. Um, you know, we need to be honoring those that are set, you know, in places of authority in our lives. Uh, just as Lily does that for me as her dad, I should be submitting to, um, you know, those people as well. So, um, I didn't, I didn't think we'd get into that tonight, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, like I said, so, you know, find a way to, to serve others, to love others. Um, 
be well. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, to ch- kind of change back to where uh, I was going with that initially. <laughs> uh, you know, we're we're we're, uh, we're back next week. So join us uh, either next Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever I decide to edit the podcast and post it. Uh, thanks for being here, Lily. As always, thank you. Thanks. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Later.